I'm a little bit of Southern, and I'm a little bit of West Coast, and together we're the Nashville Darlings. Good morning, Leslie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're episode three, and it's still just as awkward as it was when we started episode one, but hey, and welcome to the Nashville Darlings podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us um, here for the third episode. We have some cool things coming up and a super awesome indie for the week, but we're going to jump right into it. Roxanne, how are you? How has your week been? What's going on? Uh, I'm doing good. My week has been great. Kind of just getting back in the swing of things. I guess I'll just kind of take us right into my woe and win because that's been my entire week. It's entering the TK time of life for Carson. TK being pre-kindergarten? Yeah. So with Carson being in preschool... And he's been in two different schools, so I've had two different like experiences. But I'm, that's all I've been used to for like the last four and a half years, and it's pretty easy. Like it's year round. Just drop him off. <laughs> like there's nothing. There's no like real school structure to it for the most part. And now he's getting to the age where he's going to be in TK, and I get this email from the school that there's like supply lists and there's going to be like a back to school night. And then there's going to be like another meet the teacher thing. And I found out I'm going to have to be packing his own lunch every single day. Wait, what? Yeah. But you pay for in your tuition. Like that's what what I thought. Huh? There was, there's a thing in there that says you need lunch needs to be packed every single day and it's on the supply list. That's a little bizarre. You guys didn't and have that? No, when was we were there. So, yeah, TK? we were we were there, but there was no, like, lunch was still included. I didn't really have a supply list beyond, I think I did have to get, like, a nap mat or something to that effect or mm-hmm. sheet. Like, there was, I, because we pay tuition. You pay tuition, and, yeah, he has the nap mat. He's had all that, and then, but no, for the TK, maybe it's new for this year. I think they're kind of starting a new, they're kind of, like, adjusted some of the programs, But, yeah, it's a full-on, like, long supply list, and I have to start packing lunches, and we have to go to a back-to-school night, which I guess I meet the – that's when I meet the teacher. Kind of like open house. Okay. So, I mean, I don't want to sound like a bad mom, but none of this sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) Just wait till you have, like, more in school all at the same time. And you're juggling three different open houses. That's like three different calendars. And your well, your kids are also in different schools. So I'm sure each yeah. school does it differently. differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just been like my week. You know, besides work, it's been pretty uneventful. That's been the other thing that's just been on my mind that I'm stressing out. It's just another thing for me to stress out about. Listen, my kids all know, it, with the exception of my youngest, um, you have to pack your own lunch come first grade. Like first, second grade, you're on your own. I'm, I'm not packing your lunch. And they either do it or they don't, but they never complain about it. Mm. Am I a horrible mom? I don't no. Think so. <laughs> no, I think teaching them as much as you can, you know, and they probably. I just, I have too many kids. Well, yeah, <laughs> a lot of kids. <laughs> but like, 
yeah, I don't know. The whole um, not having to do any of that has been really nice. And now that I have to do all of it, I'm like, ah. But I would probably ask about that lunch, that which is weird because when Barrick was there, he would um, he would eat the school lunch mm-hmm. and his lunchbox lunch. Like he would eat two lunches every day. Okay, well that's what Carson started asking me to do. He because they get their snacks and they get their lunch, and then he was like, "Mom, can you pack me a lunchbox?" And I'm like, "But you already get lunch. I'm not. Pa- you're not getting two lunches." He's like, "Well, can you just pack snacks? Because so and so." Her mom packs chips and cookies Mm -hmm. and juice and all this stuff. And so I'm like, well, I I don't know. I'm really strict about the food. So Carson, he's going to live a boring childhood. (laughs) He's going to live a boring childhood because I probably... You don't give him like fruit roll-ups? No. Okay, discussion no. for another day. No. Okay, yes. by there and drop him off a good little snack pack. He would love you forever because he doesn't <laughs> get any of the good stuff in our house. Um, okay, but then my, mo- my mom win. So this past week, uh, I asked him like one random day. We were just like bored inside and the weather was kind of rainy. And I was like, will you just come sit on the front porch with me and just hang out, you know? <laughs> he comes outside and we just had the most delightful front porch chat. Aww. And we were on the porch swing and then we moved to the rocking chairs and it we were watching the rain and it was just like so sweet. I like honestly I think that's my dream. When we moved into that house was be- I fell in love with the house because of the front porch. And like that's what I saw. That was my vision for the house. I would have those front porch hangouts. Yeah. yeah. We had and front it porch. <laughs> we had a front porch in South Carolina and I would go out and I'd sit on the front porch and I'd put the sprinkler sprinkler on in the front yard and Addison would run through it and play and I'd have the dog and Mabel was a baby. And so when I moved to Tennessee, I didn't have a front porch and it was all that I longed for. Yeah. And so, um, well, it's so nice. It gives you something to do when it's raining. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you can still go inside. sit outside. Mm-hmm. So about two weeks ago, our front porch was finally finished. And so I've got my swing and my rocking chairs. And I'm just, I'm so thrilled about it because I can't wait for those front por- front porch moments. Oh, I love it. I know. I saw that you got your front porch redone on yeah. Instagram or whatever. Thank God. <laughs> that was horrible. That, like... <laughs> Early 2000 lattice on the front, and they the previous owners painted the boards red, so my whole front porch was red. And I spent like I don't know, probably two days last summer painting them gray. But then like the boards on the steps started like crumbling in. And I mean, there's just our home is beautiful, but there were things that needed to be fixed. So we got it done. Super excited. Nice, yay! <laughs> what about you? All right, so my woe here we have a two week fall break. And so it eats into our summer. And so as a mom, I'm just super sad that our summer is coming to an end. Like we only have two more weeks left of summer break and they have to go back to school. And I I don't love it. I know the teachers like their two-week break in October. But man, it just breaks my heart. Like I'm just not ready to send them back. I feel like my summers are slowing down. Summer to me, growing. so I've had, I've gone to school on both coasts. East Coast, West Coast. Both, 
I want to say summer ended like in September. Mm-hmm. And we got let out of school in probably June. So that was the summer from June through September. But here it's we have a so lot many, earlier. Yeah, like they start August first, or this year I think it's August third. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll get out like May twenty eighth. But they have all of these random days off during the year. It's just not. I don't love it. They call it a year-round schedule. Call it what you will. Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Because I feel like yeah. my kids get into the swing of things and then come October. Now we're out for two weeks. Like, what do you... And you get discombobulated all over yeah. again. Yeah. And, and most parents are sending their kids to a daycare anyways. Mm. So what are you, you going to do? But yeah. anyways. Yeah. Um, my mom win is... My kids made it on TV. Um, <laughs> they made it on TV by way of a... Nipple twister that my daughter <laughs> gave my youngest son. Um, but it was super cool. That was fun. My kids are just, they're like, we're famous now. <laughs> I saw you guys on TV. Yeah, it, it was cool. It was the Atlanta Braves game. Um, so, yeah, that was that was our minute of fame. Super excited for them because now they just get to go tell everybody that they're famous. <laughs> you saved it, right? You saved it? I have it saved, yeah. Welcome to the studio, our ND of the week, Erica Latza. Erica, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I feel like I should clap. Like, that was such a good <laughs> intro. <laughs> good job. I'm working on it. Thank you. Thank you. So, Erica, um, I was really excited to have you on the show because I think, to me, you feel like the epitome of why a lot of people move to the Nashville area, your singing, songwriting career, your music career. And I know you have big dreams and goals. And I'm so interested, and I know everyone would love to hear more about what your journey has been to get here and how you started. So do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, totally. So I grew up in North Carolina in a really small town called Mount Airy, and it's Mayberry. So everybody listening, if you watch the Andy Griffith show, that's where I'm from. And um, growing up in a really small town, there wasn't like a ton of options on what to do and what to be, kind of just follow by example of everybody in your community. And I was in vocal lessons and piano lessons, and I enjoyed it, but my big dream was to be a vet. And so when I was like 14, I started volunteering at a vet clinic and then I got a job there and everything I did centered around veterinary medicine. So um, I started to do my undergrad. I moved out to Holden Beach, which we found out is not very far from each other. (laughs) Um, And I, I moved there. I was working through my undergrad and I kind of rediscovered music. Um, I made some really awesome friends that had a band and I would go out to their shows and watch them play like, you know, down on front street in Wilmington and like play at the Carolina beach bars and stuff. And slowly they started being like, Hey, you know, you, you write music, you play music. Why don't you like, you know, play during our breaks or open for us here and there. And so I did that and I just fell in love with music all over again. And I started writing and playing my own gigs and I came out to Nashville for a songwriting like clinic put on 
by NSAI. And it was over. I was, I left Nashville going, I have to move. Like there has to be a plan in place. I have to come out here because even in Wilmington, which is a much bigger city, there's still really not that opportunity to run into these songwriters that are writing hit songs and, you know, write with artists that are charting, you know, on billboard charts and stuff like that. And here you go grab coffee or, you know, go to a restaurant and you go see to the them. mall, go to the mall <laughs> and you see them. And so I just, I had to come to Nashville. And so I did, I came here, um, very late 2018. And, um, I had a good solid year before COVID hit. So I really got yeah. to get my feet under me and that was really helpful. That's awesome. And so growing up, I mean, with the musical influence, did you have like family members that were also in music? Like how did that? Yeah, kind of, sort of. Um, my mom was into theater and she did sing, but she didn't pursue anything like professionally. So music and the arts were always part of my household, but they weren't like, you know, oh, pursue this as a professional career. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had no idea how to do it. Um, my dad taught me how to play like three chords on the guitar because he, he's a guitar player. And back in the day on Long Island, he was in a band. <laughs> so he was the cool guy. And um, so he taught me how to play a few chords on the guitar when I was like, maybe 10. Mm -hmm. And um, I practiced and practiced. And then I played him a song with those three chords. I learned some Taylor Swift song. And uh, I played him that and he goes, how did you learn to do that? I'm like, well, I practiced what you gave me. And then I YouTube the rest of it. He's <laughs> like, that's not fair. <laughs> no way you can learn like that. So I, it was, it was encouraged, but I just didn't know how to do it as a career. I always thought you had to have like, your, your real job. And then you could be a musician on the side. Which is what most come here and do. It's, yeah. We ran into um, a couple who, you know, they were playing at one of the bars downtown mm -hmm. and they had their real job, their children. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were playing at night, you know, obviously hoping to, I guess, to yeah. be seen. Is that how that works in Nashville? I mean, I assume that they come and they play at these bars hoping yeah. somebody's going to see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it takes, so a lot of people, especially with like the climate of the music industry right now, you do have to have like your income, the job that is going to pay the bills and stuff, because, you know, right now there's all kinds of issues with streaming and royalties and, you know, musicians and songwriters getting paid. It's just, it's not working right now. <laughs> it's not working. It's really not. So what does your day look like as a songwriter here in Nashville? So my day, um, I'm very fortunate that my day job includes working within the industry. I work for the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. So I get to like go to events and work them with the Hall of Fame. And I get to run the social media and keep up with all of our Hall of Fame members. So I'll do that. And then I normally have at least one co-write a day. Even if I don't, I'm writing by myself. Sometimes I have two co-writes a day. So like we have a 10 a.m. and like a 2 p.m. And, um, and what do you mean by co-write? Co-writing. Yeah. <laughs> co-writing is where you go to a, a friend's house, you get with a, a couple of other writers. And um, it used to be you go to Music Row and you have an office and you sit down there and write like now there's still offices down there but you guys don't really do that no okay. after covid everyone just started doing it at home um or on zoom and so there's people that i still to this day write with on zoom you know that are in different states or even some of my friends write with different 
people in different countries. Um, so it really changed. So you don't have to go to Music Row to write anymore. But yeah, co-writing, you get together with some buddies and you go to each other's houses or you, you know, find a place to write and you sit down for a few hours and see what you get. And hopefully it's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How long does it usually take when you sit down and co-write? I mean, I'm sure it's like yeah. all over the place. It depends. I mean, sometimes it just happens. I mean, I've had co-writes be as short as an hour and a half, you know, and you just really love the song. You come in with a great idea, you hit the ground running and you're done. And then there's some co-writes that we keep finding dates, like three or four sessions afterwards to really tweak a song and make it really what it needs to be really stand out. So, cause you can write a song, but is it going to be great? You know? And where do you, do you send that song somewhere? Do you, how does that work? So if you're unsigned, like I'm unsigned right now, <laughs> or not signed. I don't even know if that's the right word. <laughs> She's going to be signed so soon. I'm a writer. <laughs> so, um, if you're not signed with a publishing company, you can, you go in, you, you find a producer, you demo the song, um, and you know, you pay for all of that. And then Hopefully, like I'm very fortunate, some of my friends and I, we have um, plug song pluggers and they take that demo that we have and they pitch it and plug it to artists who are looking for music. So that's basically, we have to do all the footwork for that, all the legwork. Leg if you're with a publishing company, they'll kind of do that for you. So you write a song, you have to turn in a certain amount of songs each year. They give you a budget for demos. Um, they pay for it, and then they pitch to people that they also have on their roster. So, like, if you're signed with Sony, they also have Thomas Rhett on their roster. So they'll go, oh, this song sounds like something Thomas Rhett would cut. So they'll send it right over to him. It's a little bit harder when you're not a signed songwriter um, to break through those doors because there's so many hoops you have to jump through and so many people to get through before you get to that. And obviously artist. the money part of it too, just yeah. to pay these people. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, it's, it's just a tough business, but if you really love it, it's worth it. You know, it's, it's always like, you know, people say, Oh, you know, the dream you're, you're chasing a dream and you really are. But I've really tried to shift my mindset into treating it like a business so I, I do work within the industry and I do have an income because of that. I get to play shows. I'm an artist, so I also put out my own music. And all of that supports the songwriting career, which, you know, sometimes, some days, it feels like you're just, you know, throwing money into a pit. <laughs> I think we can relate to that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you're, you're on your own, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're, at, you're on everything. Yeah. Um, your own manager, your own booking agent, your own media person. Um, and if you're lucky enough to get signed, then, you know, just because you have those people on your team, you're your own brand. So you have to, you know, work on your image and clothing and brand deals. And it's, it's a lot. It's a really tough industry. And I know you put out an album. I did. So yeah. how did you, was that all your own too? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all self-funded. I, I started a Patreon and that helped pay for that. So all the recording costs and stuff came from that. And um, I wrote all, on all of the songs. Um, a couple of them I wrote just by myself. But most of the, for the most part, I had co-writers that um, I really trusted and 
told my stories too. And they nailed it. They listened and we got these really awesome songs and it was a concept album. So it was all about, you know, family and where I was from. And I love that you said that though. You told them your stories Mm -hmm. and they helped you. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really important. If you're an artist, it's important to have people that you trust on your team to listen and write the songs that you want to write that represent you. And then as a songwriter, it's important to be that, you know, open line of inform like you, you accept that information and write someone's story. Right. So it's so cool. Have you had anything that you've written that has been picked up by an artist or yeah. um we don't have a lot of like okay maybes. <laughs> There's a lot of hurry up and wait. So like we had a couple of songs that we were really excited about one got pitched to like Jason Aldean and we're like, oh, super cool. yeah, like that's super cool. And his team was like, Oh, we like it. We're going to give it a second listen. And then his album came out and I had never heard anything. And this, the song title had the word whiskey in it. So I'm like combing through like the, how there's like 20 tracks. It was a massive album. I'm combing and looking and looking for the word whiskey. And I saw whiskey and my heart went to my throat and I was like, Oh, we got the cut. And then it was a different whiskey song. <laughs> I'm like, well, they couldn't have two. That's why they didn't pick it up. <laughs> but there's a lot of like maybes and it's something you have to really get comfortable with. But as of right now, um, I had two songs picked up by two independent artists that are, one is doing really well. It just broke a hundred thousand streams within the first month on Spotify. Super cool. And the second one's coming out next Friday. So it it might be out by the time this is uh, airing. (laughs) So one is um, Blues on the Blacktop by Brooklyn Summer and the other one's Hollywood by Kevin Nichols. So we have, so everybody's going to have to go stream those. (laughs) If everyone goes and streams it like a thousand times, I'm going to get a really fat royalty check of a couple bucks from <laughs> in about six months. Y'all can help her, you know, yeah. find another song. That's great. So, um, I wanted to ask you some questions kind of relating to, uh, because one, one of the things on this show is that we talk about, you know, just different areas. Like I'm not originally from here. Mm-hmm. Leslie's from South Carolina. You're from North Carolina. Yeah. So I'm interested what is when you moved to Tennessee? Is North Carolina a very different South than Tennessee mm-hmm. is? You know, um, I definitely think it, it depends on the part. So, like, if Mount Airy is very Southern, very like, um, gosh, I can't even describe it. it it's it is what you think of when you think of a small town. So everyone knows everyone. Um, you know, it, one time I got on Bumble, I think, during quarantine, COVID, <laughs> to see, you know, what the options are. I'm at home. Like, let's see. It was everyone I went to high school with. And I, I lasted maybe five minutes and turned it off. I was like, forget it. Yeah, so it's just a very tight-knit group of people. You know, everyone's moms and dads. And I think moving from Mount Airy to Nashville at first I thought it was this huge jump. It's the same thing. Like if you were to get on Bumble here in Nashville, you're going to see <laughs> friends that, you know, that play down uh, on the strip, you know, like down. it's, it's the same vibe. Everyone's yeah. just as nice. Yeah. Um, I don't see a huge, huge difference in that. It still feels like a small town to me, mm-hmm. even though, you know, 
a Mountain Dixon now, but it's still, it's all the same to me. I think for me, because I came from the beach, mm-hmm. um, part of South Carolina, it is obviously very different sure. because we're landlocked here, but I can see for you, like why it would feel very similar. I did, you know, doing both in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I do miss. Yeah. I miss driving just four hours and being able to see the ocean. <laughs> That's yeah. a little frustrating. Yeah. Um, but Doing both, being from the mountains first, I really didn't notice a huge difference. Um, And everyone here seems to be very nice. I haven't, I've been here almost five years. And even though the music industry are like, oh, you're going to get so many no's and so many doors slammed in your face. It's like, you know, I, if I have, it hasn't been like malicious, you know, it's been very, it's it's a very kind. I feel like it's a kind (laughs) no. You can ask other people what they think and they might be like way more jaded than me. Maybe I'm just like too naive or too little Miss Sunshine, but I'm like, it's fine. We're still here. We're still doing it. You are Miss Sunshine. Maybe. Okay. Erica's the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. We had the best time finding a house. It was so much fun. Yeah, and everyone doesn't know. Erica was was my client, yes. and then we we formed a friendship. Yep. And now she lives eight minutes from me, and I love it. I think you did it on purpose. You're like, you should check out this area for sure. <laughs> I was like, you gotta check out Texas. So valuable. And I love it. I really do. It was that was definitely a culture shock moving from Franklin to Dixon. <laughs> It was a huge culture shock because there's like so much in Franklin. You feel like you're right in Nashville. And now I can like hear crickets in my backyard at night and frogs mm-hmm. and don't, I don't hear sirens going past the house every, every night. So it's very different. So you're happy in Dixon. I'm enjoying it. Good. Yeah. She, she said she was enjoying I'm it. enjoying it. <laughs> to be determined when those royalty checks start rolling in, she might be calling you, hey, let's out my house. My horse here from North Carolina, so I feel like right. yeah. this is all complete. I couldn't have done this anywhere else in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy how living in Dixon does feel like living back in North Carolina. It's much slower paced, and I do. Enjoy but yet, it. when you want the fast, you can you just can, shoot on the interstate right. or downtown in thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm still trying to convince all of my friends that it's truly just a thirty-minute drive, and they don't believe me. Oh. You're like, you live out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> well, now hold on. When I first when I first moved here seven years ago, eight years ago, whatever it's been now, when you would come on the west side, there was no traffic. Yeah. I never hit traffic coming from Nashville to right. Dixon. Now, I mean, you're guaranteed. You know, in the evenings, that four or five o'clock drive is going to be. Mm-hmm you know, 45 minutes, but that's well, still better than trying to go oh east gosh. or south or south. It yeah. took an hour just to get like 10 miles up the road or down the road. Bad <laughs> <laughs> directions. Um, but south was absolutely terrible. So I will take open ish, you know, highway any day. Over yeah. Stansel traffic. yeah. You're not just like stopping. Yeah. And we've got good back roads here too. So there's yeah, always there a back road to take. That was, wasn't that one thing that we always had a talk or no, maybe that wasn't you. I can cut this out. <laughs> I talked to someone that was like, there's always a back road. Yeah. I've learned that though. Yeah. Like there really is. I, I was going, when my mom came to stay in the beginning, she would stay at this holiday inn. That's like right on the exit. Mm-hmm. And 
I would go like the longest way. It took me like 15 minutes to get there. And then I found out it's really five minutes away. You just have to take the back road to get there. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like my new hat. Perfect. Yeah, always. <laughs> um, so one last thing that I wanted to ask you about, and this is kind of harping on something that we talked about in our Southernism segment a couple weeks ago. Yes. And yes, so we talked about startled expressions and I asked Leslie, you know, like, do you say man alive and land sakes alive and all those fun ones. And then we posed I swanee. Yes. And so Leslie had never heard, I of, it. heard it. No. And we've actually had people who listen to the podcast reach out and be like, this is what it means. Mm-hmm. Before I share, what is, so you know, though, what I swan you've yeah. before. Yeah, my mom. And now, I say this. I hope that what other people say it means <laughs> is not terrible. They, have, they put it in the same disclaimer. Okay, so, yeah. all right. So my version, what I know I swanny to be, my mom would say it. And she says it so naturally. Did you yeah, just hear I that? Swanee. What I know I swanny to be. <laughs> yeah, it, it, my mom would say it in place of I swear so like if she was really like if she stubbed her toe I don't know <laughs> something like that if she was really frustrated it would just be like a swanny like just really frustrated and I said it one time as a young girl and mom was like no only I say that you, you know, girls don't say that. So I, in my head, always thought it was something equivalent to like a swear word, a swear word. But she said it, I heard it all the time growing up. She, she hasn't done it lately. In fact, I asked her about it when I listened to the last episode of the podcast. I was like, do you still say this? She goes, no, not so much anymore. I don't know why I stopped. (laughs) (laughs) I like that though. I mean, um, did she ever shorten it to I Swan? Mm-mm, I never heard that. Okay. No. Okay. Just Swanee. Swanee. <laughs> but you're from like the mountains, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I, mean, I mean, I feel like it's. He did give that demographic of. He did. So that makes sense now why she yeah. would know that because yeah. we definitely did not. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. very much like we're right at the bottom of the Blue Ridge Parkway, okay. of Blue Ridge Mountains. So we're like. In the Appalachian Mountains, basically. So there's yeah. lots of, of terminology there. Um, Cameron, he lives, my boyfriend, <laughs> um, he, he grew up about an hour away, so more like in the suburbs. And so I started asking him, I was like, hey, do you know any of these terms? And he knew a few. And I got to knee high to a grasshopper. And knee he- high to a <laughs> It would be, I haven't seen you since you was knee high to a grasshopper. Since you were little. little. Yeah. Since. You, oh, that's <laughs> so cute. Or you can never say, heard of that. Or you can call someone, tell someone they're short. Well, you're just knee high to a grasshopper. But in my my life, I heard it being like you were young. You were a youngin. Okay. So that's how I. Yeah. Cameron had never heard of that, and he was just an hour away. So I really felt like I grew up in like you definitely grew the up mountains. in Mayberry. <laughs> It has a devil reference. Oh, the devil's beating his wife. The yeah. devil's beating his wife. Yeah. That's when it's um, raining, but the sun's out. The devil's beating his wife. Actually, I have heard that. <laughs> it has been a very long time since I've heard that. So you yes. were pulling the Southern back out of you. Yeah. But- <laughs> 
It's in there. Yeah, gosh, that's been a long time. I have not heard anybody say it's probably 20 years since I've heard that. Yeah. See, I use that one all the time. I, I think I said it yesterday. You said it at lunch. I did. <laughs> Weeks and ago. I was like, Wait, what? what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other ones? Hmm. Just to put you on the spot. We'll see. Ones that might be specific. And I even Googled some of these. Some of them were really crazy, but like, Oh, I did grow up hearing all the time. Uh, she's Ill, iller than a hornet, or madder than a hornet. hornet. Ill yeah. as a hornet. That was all. It was always a hornet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're mean. Yeah. Madder um, than a hornet's nest. Yeah, my dad used to say that a lot, so referring funny. to my grandmother. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious, though, because I haven't been personally to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I have not even been to South Carolina yet. You're missing out what on both states. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's the differences? I feel like in my mind. Oh gosh. We're gonna start beef on the podcast. Second episode. Everybody that's from North Carolina has like a deep-rooted dislike for South Carolina. Same. Everyone from South Carolina hates North Carolina. It is. It is. It is a different world. Like she's from the mountains. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mountains in North Carolina. There's a lot of beach too, yeah. but there's a lot of mountains. And in South Carolina, it's just a lot of like. There are some mountains, like mm. not really. There's like hills. There's hills. <laughs> it's a lot of beach, like yeah. rice plantation type. It's, it's yeah, flat. It's flat. There's and so much difference. In my mind, when I think of South Carolina, I just think of like a straight highway and just really sparse like. <laughs> Pine, not even pine trees, whatever those like uh, palm trees. Yeah, palm yeah. Trees. No, I mean, it, it is. It's gorgeous, <laughs> but it is very flat. Everywhere that you go, I also feel like you can get on the side of the road at any given exit peaches and boiled peanuts. Yes! <laughs> and I get both. Yeah, and they're so good. And they're so good. I, it's my favorite thing about going back to South Carolina. It's like I know I'm gonna get boiled peanuts uh-huh. as soon as I like as soon as you hit the state line. Yeah, there's boiled peanuts waiting for you. And, and you don't, I don't, you don't find that in North Carolina. I don't. We would make our own. Like my grandpa made, <laughs> made our own. But listen, it's, it doesn't beat. Yeah, it doesn't beat y'all's. And then I feel like y'all have really good like uh, homemade hand turned ice cream shops. Like North Carolina doesn't really have much of that. Well, North Carolina's not much of like a touristy no. state. Like maybe Wilmington. Yeah. Maybe the Outer Banks too, mm-hmm. um, which is absolutely beautiful. I love the Outer Banks. Um, but yeah, so South Carolina's more like how do we like bring in these tourists? And back in the day, it was bowl of peanuts, peaches, and ice cream. <laughs> Everyone loves those things. Oh, and the saltwater taffy. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I love salt. Have you had that? I've had it, not but not that. not like no. organic no. <laughs> source. <laughs> you haven't watched it turn. Yeah. On the turn. Oh. Well, next time we go, like we're, you or I have yeah. to like bring her back some. The next time that we're that. I would love that. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Erica, for taking the time out of your day to be on our show. We love learning about your so fun. journey. So before you go, I want you yeah. to plug yourself. Sure. Where can people find you? Where can they hear your music? Where can they see you play? You can listen to all of my music. Anywhere that you listen to music, (laughs) Um, even Deezer, it's obsolete, but you can find it in really obscure places. (laughs) Um, My name is Erica Latza. Erica's with two C's, Latza, L-A-T-Z-A. 
which I'm sure you guys will do a great job at spelling it. <laughs> I won't, but she will. She's got it. You know at this point. Um, yeah, and if you want to keep up with my show dates and stuff, you can subscribe to my mailing list on my website and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. It's just under my name. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me. What do you have for us that really happened to Roxanne? So we were at a showing and it was a practically a brand new house, three years old, looked picture perfect on the outside. I was with one of my favorite clients. I always had the best time showing with her because we would just laugh and chat the whole time. So this couldn't have happened with a better person. And we go into this 3000 square foot house. We notice we're hit right away with this odor, this bad food smell. Like they had never opened a window or turned on the exhaust fan. So as we continue through the showing, we realize that like the paint above the cabinets where you would cook is all warped and bubbling. The stove looks wrecked. Um, then there's children's drawings all over the walls and the floors. And on which the, is just weird. That's it's just weird. And then the garage door where the lock would be had been drilled through. So then I thought, well, maybe this is like a squatter situation, but with the children's drawings, it was kind of throwing me off. So then, I mean, this house just from top to bottom was in awful condition. It just, mm. it, it, and it gave you a weird feeling. You're like walking into it. Like what happened here? So then I go upstairs because my client was up there checking out the bedrooms and I go into one of the rooms and she is like white as a ghost. And she says to me, Roxanne, I don't think this is the one. I, th I think we're done. We can go. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. She like runs down the stairs. You, she couldn't get out of there fast enough. And so I'm like, okay. So I follow her out and I lock up and I'm like, Hey, are you okay? And she's on the front porch and she's just like, having a moment. And she said, there was something off about this house. I got such bad vibes being in this house. And I'm like, okay, like, like, do you think like something happened here? Or like, was it like, <laughs> like, I don't know, spirits. And she's like, I don't know. It, like it could have been, but I just, I got such a bad feeling being in this house. And I was like, you know, I felt kind of suffocated walking through the house too, but it could have been the smell. Like, I don't know what it was, <laughs> but it, it was just one of those places where you leave and you get, you can't shake it for a little bit. Cause you're like, something just fell What Yeah. Happened here. And then I even called the agent because I thought, you know, maybe had squatters had broken in or maybe he should just know that, you know, the garage door had been drilled through and he just was like, Oh no, I knew about that. So what'd you think about the house? <laughs> I was like, it was not for us, not for us moving on. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so not as creepy as yours, <laughs> um, but equally as scary. Uh, we were getting ready to open this house up this gorgeous home in Nashville and it sits up on a hill. And so the way the front porch was, there was lots of steps up on this like deck, but it was like enclosed. It was this enclosed deck on the front porch. 
and so I get to the top and I unlock or I unlock the lockbox and sure enough that key falls right through my fingers and through the deck no. and there's no way to get there's no way to get this key back um, unless I break a board. So, uh, yeah, my only option was to call locksmith and wait around $180 later. Oh, no. I'm so sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> How long did it take him to get there? I was about an hour and a half. Oh, God. Yeah. I had to send my buyers on, so it was fine. It was okay. It was all right. Yeah. Just That's why, from before, you mentioned having a key fob would be helpful. Yeah. Like something. It could have saved you. Yeah. Like it would have just caught itself through the <laughs> slats. I mean, gosh, so ridiculous. <laughs> okay, Leslie. Well, do you have a counter offer for this week? I do have a counter offer and I'm going to preface this by saying that this is my counter offer because I had to spend, I don't know, five hours um, driving through this state. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever driven through the state of Alabama. Yeah. Okay. It's the worst state you could ever drive through because for some reason, every slow driver stays in the left-hand lane. And in most states, I think all states, I think it's a universal rule here in the United States. So I guess that's not universal. It's America-versal. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, is that there's signs that say slower traffic, keep right. Okay. Yeah. Because you pass in the left-hand lane. But in Alabama, they don't believe in this. They don't believe in this because they can't see the sign that says slower traffic, stay right. Because it's on the right-hand side of the road and they're driving in the left-hand side. So my oh. counter offer is... I think that every sign that says slower traffic, stay right, should be on the left-hand side of the road. So those drivers who are driving in the left-hand side slowly can move to the right. That's actually a really good point because they can't see it. <laughs> no. And I don't know if there's, they're just not taught this, but it was so infuriating <laughs> for this drive. And, and we're all just passing in the far right lane of this three lane highway. Because the trucks are staying in the middle lane, which mm -hmm. is normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, mm -hmm. that was the longest six hours. I bet it was. <laughs> I bet it was. Now, if they could have that sign in the left-hand lane and then also have a sign that, like, teaches people how to merge. Oh, my That gosh. would be fantastic. So, I saw that in um, oh, somewhere in the U.K. Now, my husband thought this was a stupid idea, but I think it was really genius that they do this. Um they have a picture of a zipper on those merge signs. <laughs> That's so genius. Because it's like, it, yeah, it makes sense. And my, I told my husband that and he was like, that's so stupid. People don't need that. And I'm like, mm, I think people I think they do. Because <laughs> I don't know if they're teaching that in like driving, driving school. Yeah. I don't do. Is there even driver well, school? Driving anymore? school back home was optional 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 i wow. i don't know if it's optional here in tennessee we haven't we crossed that bridge next year so <laughs> i don't know um i think it might be optional here here in alabama <laughs> oh my gosh well i could be wrong if i'm wrong feel free to tell me but yeah you know speaking of um signs on the left side i have full-on missed exits because if you're on a two lane and 
there's a truck to the right of you mm-hmm. and the exit is coming and you don't see the sign because the truck is blocking it, you, you can miss your exit. Have you done this before? Well, so here's the thing. Even if I know where I'm going, I still use GPS. On I do state. too. So it, I feel like it's yelling at me to get over. I must not have had, well, it's, it's happened before and it probably actually, I probably had GPS on at the same time and I wasn't <laughs> paying attention to it. I don't know. I've passed you on the road before and you've got both hands, 10 and two, and you are like laser focused on the road. And I'm like waving like a mad person and you're just driving along. Okay. I don't even bother when it's I see you It's probably because I'm listening to some murder, <laughs> murder podcast. Oh yeah. Gosh. I know. Um, okay. So my counter offer is, it's has to do with these subscription services. Um, so they're supposed to be like, they suppo- they're supposed to provide like convenience and ease. Well, I got a coupon or something like a promo code for a dog food subscription. Mm-hmm. And that's like oh, my one pet peeve is having to like run to tractor supply and buy this very specific dog food that my dogs will only eat. So then I went to this other subscription service and I it had really good reviews. It's like the kind of dog food that looks like human food. And I'm like, my dogs will probably eat this. So with the coupon, it ended up being like 30 bucks. Okay. Can we just pause? You're yeah. saying coupon. 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 What's a coupon? <laughs> it's our Southern way of saying coupon. Coupon. <laughs> That's okay. It's not a word. Okay, you were throwing me off with coupons. Okay, should I coupon? start over? No, you're good. You're good. Just keep rolling with your coupon. <laughs> I had a <laughs> coupon. A cute cu- coupon. coupon. It's a coupon. It's not a coupon. <laughs> All right. You had a thirty dollar coupon. A thirty dollar promo code. Or there no, no, no. I had a promo code that would get me the subscription for thirty dollars. Yes, a box of dog food for thirty dollars. That would last that us feels like a expensive. month. Well, it would last us like a month. Oh, okay. So I was like, great. And then my husband in the background was like, well, what's the pricing on it? You know, like what's where are they going to charge us after the the deal is over? And I'm like, oh, you know. And so I was kind of looking. It wasn't super clear. I thought maybe we would spend somewhere close to what we normally spend on dog food. And so I was like, it'll be fine. You know, and we can always cancel. So the box comes, my dogs love the food. And so then like a month passes and I get this email that says, Oh, Roxanne, you know, your, your second box of dog food is on its way. And I'm like, Oh shoot. Of course. I forgot about that. I subscribed to this thing and I'm like, well, it's all right. They love it. (laughs) So come to find out. Um, because we had done a box for each dog, it ended up being $200 per (gasps) box, $400 for dog food. Yeah. And that is the normal, like that's what this company charges. You can get it from apparently I do. I don't know who's keeping this company alive because I see their commercials like I'm not gonna, I don't, I'm not gonna say the name, but it's like, and then I went to their website cause I was like, well, maybe I chose like the value, like the extra double 
triple pack or something like that. No, this is like their normal pricing is $200 per dog oh a month. And lo and behold, I didn't cancel it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't look at it. Just, it wasn't transparent. And I feel like that's how some of these subscription companies are like these box subscriptions. I'm the worst at canceling them. Well, because you get such a good deal or the deal is spread yeah. out. And then when the actual final price comes, like you're like, you're shocked. I think I have vitamins for like eight months. I have an eight months supply of vitamins because I stopped taking them mm -hmm. and, but I forgot to cancel the subscription. Mm -hmm. Like I'm pretty sure if my husband went back and looked at all the subscriptions I've ever spent money on, he, he would probably lose his mind. Oh, well Matt lost his, <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> I had to, I had to come to him and I was like, well, you know, turns out that box was, <laughs> but don't worry. I canceled it. <laughs> He was like, it. he was like, but did you cancel it in time before they shipped the second box? And you were I like, said, you weren't supposed to ask that question. There shouldn't mm, have been follow-up. Nope. I was like, well, no, but you know, now we know for next. <laughs> now we know no more dog subscriptions. I don't, he's, I'm not going to be allowed to subscribe to anything ever again. <laughs> Cause that was a big one. <laughs> that was a big one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyways. That was a nice episode, Leslie. Yeah. Um, if you are interested in hearing more of us, you can subscribe to the Nashville Darlings podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and YouTube. Roxanne got us going on YouTube. So yep. check us out in all the places. We're excited um, for all the things to come. And thanks for a great episode today. Yeah. Stay tuned for episode four. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of The Nashville Darlings, please subscribe and find us on Instagram at The Nashville Darlings.